This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and we got a conversation. We do have a conversation, and you are going to surprise me with what the conversation is going to be, because we talked about three different possibilities, and I now I'm intrigued. Okay, so I want to talk about the one where it's a lot of things go into making something happen. I think that's a really, probably, a that's a great conversation that would be helpful, I think, in a lot of ways. So. What sparked it? You want me to tell what sparked it? Sure. Okay. So we explain did... yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we did the solstice thing. Mm-hmm. And you did a piece on the chakras. Right. And I saw it. I saw it on the lineup. Like you're just meticulous about sending out how things are supposed to happen and the timing and all our business. You know, that's really good. I'm learning from you on that one. I think that'll work for me. But at any rate, I looked <laughs> at this and I thought, well, this is going to be interesting. And when it actually happened. Now, for everybody who's listening, okay, you got to understand that I had a piece to do in this too. You know, I had like 10, I took a little bit more minutes to present my little thing. I was so intrigued by the chakra presentation that I, mine just, I don't even think about that. I take mine to see, you know, so I could listen to it and correct it. I haven't even done that. I'm all hung up on the chakra thing. (laughs) (laughs) But what was so intriguing about that was that I'm on Zoom, so I'm looking at it from the Zoom perspective. You were live, so you were in the room, and we were talking about how it happened, what it looked like. So I was explaining what it looked like from my perspective, the Zoom thing, and the colors of the chakras came up, and it's really nice. And you were explaining how it is to be in the experience, and I hadn't thought about that. To me, visually, it's pretty, and I'm getting myself into it, but to be there was a whole nother experience. Now, I'm going through all I had to say that two experiences were created or presented at the same time, and one might look at it and say, well, that was a beautiful, from the Zoom perspective, that was a beautiful thing. From your perspective, it was a wonderful thing to be in. But you know me, like I'm looking at this and I immediately go into what made it happen. Right. The work that was involved and the people that were involved to make it work at the right time and in the right way and the timing and the audio and the da 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 da. And, you know, I can get carried away in that, but that does not take away from the end result. What it did was make me more grateful for the end result. And what I was thinking of is if we take a moment to think about how things happen, what goes into making things happen, both by hand and spiritually, we might be a little bit more grateful about the now 
and much more encouraged about the future. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. It definitely is. And what I'm thinking, the two very similar but distinct things that come up are grace and gracefulness. Because grace is allowing ourselves to be a channel through which the infinite is creating something new. And it's not I, it's the Father within who doeth the work. So whenever we're getting inspired or following an intuitive hit, that's grace, giving us the invitation to do something without having to do the heavy lift ourselves necessarily. Mm -hmm. And graceful is our willingness to do the heavy lift without grunting. <laughs> you know, sometimes there's a bunch of things that need to be done. There's stuff shows up on the to-do list. You know, in the case of the chakras meditation that we did at our solstice celebration, I had the crystal bowl with the light that changes seven colors. There's seven colors for the chakras. And the idea was to show those lights. We were in a theater space at the Falser Club in East Falls in Philadelphia, and they have a nice lighting system controlled from a computer. And they had house lights and they had stage lights and they had scrim lights and they're all programmable and they, none of them were programmed for the chakra colors. So in the week or two ahead of time, I said, well, I'd really love to get all the lights in the room to show the chakra colors. How do I do that? So being me and following that, the guidance and inspiration, I found out what the software was that they were using to control the lights. And I installed a copy of it on my computer and I learned how to use it and did the demos. And then when we got there, set up seven little buttons on the control screen so that we could have somebody who didn't come there to run tech for us. You know, click the button for red and then for orange and then for yellow and make it happen. And the room changed color and it was wonderful. It was a very powerful experience because each of the chakras has a corresponding color. It has a location in our body. It has a purpose, a meaning, an energy, an intent, a mantra, and got to tell the story a little bit. And then we got the room to change to the color of the chakra while we did the mantra at the tone for the chakra. So it let us layer all of those things on top of one another. So back to the grace and graceful. Grace was the inspiration to want to do that. And that's probably a decade old now because we do something about the chakras almost every year at the winter solstice. And to have the pieces available to know how that's all going to go together. A lot of times I'll get somebody who's a yoga instructor or an Ayurvedic healer who is really up on chakras to share about that. And this year I did it myself because we've done that piece often enough. When the volunteer wasn't appearing, it's like, okay, I can do that. And the grace was that I had the resource available to be able to do it. And graceful was doing the detail work after that inspiration came along to make sure that we were prepared by the time we got the sun that set on the solstice. You know, that's a lot, right? But of course it's a lot. I don't think we've made it through an episode where you haven't told me something I said was a lot. So yeah, okay. okay yes, and so thank you. <laughs> I take things painfully slow, you know, because I want to make sure you don't miss an opportunity to absorb something that will bless your life. And so you talked about grace and gracefulness, but one of the things that you did say, an inspiration. And I think that's so important because in this, probably forever, people look at other people and say, oh, well, they're gifted or they're specifically gifted to do this and they can do it better than I could ever do it. And you know what? We're all gifted in different ways. So there's much truth to that. But it is having the understanding that we bring all of those gifts together and it turns out or it equals something truly amazing. But it's having the belief that what I bring to the table is worth something and really important to the end result. And not just that I do it, 
but that everybody else that brings their piece to the table is amazingly important. And I'm so grateful for that. Whenever I do something that turns out right, it's very difficult for me to feel like, well, this was really cool. Look what I did. Because I'm just so completely mindful of everything that everybody else brings. Mm -hmm. And it helps to appreciate not just the other people, but the real thing is appreciating how spirit, God, universe brings all of that together without us orchestrating it. You know, we kind of put the idea together in our head, but that which we don't have control over, spirit makes it happen. And that's what I was looking at with the chakra presentation. It just had so many moving parts and people, each person doing their part down to the lighting that was there before you got there and you know how to do it, but somebody put it there. Somebody had the idea and put it all together. To me, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, and it makes me feel like, whoa, you know what? I can do anything or we could do anything if we just think about it and get it together and watch the component parts come together. But that's a lot. That takes a lot to do that. It does. It absolutely does. And there's a piece that is notably not just missing, but has to be absent in order for the grace and the graceful to work. And that unfortunately is control. Because when we decided to do all of this, I've got a lot of technical chops. So I know how to do everything that needed to be done, but you know, I was going to be busy talking. So I'm going to be on the platform. I can't be back, you know, running the soundboard or changing the lights or doing the video or hosting the Zoom and the rest of that. So we farmed that out to a bunch of different people. And I realized that I wanted to have a technical person helping. And I'd really rather not try and task one of the people who's in the congregation with doing that because it's a little overwhelming and it also takes them out of the ability to be in the celebration. Mm-hmm. So our first choice person was the guy who used to do tech for us, and he was busy doing another thing. And then there's somebody else who's starting to do tech for us, but he'd been booked to do another thing. And he said he would have somebody else get a hold of us who never did. So now we're over three. And then the fourth person was our regular digital media coordinator who was going to be there anyway and said, I would love to do that. And it's a little bit out of my wheelhouse. I'd be happy to do that. And the celebration was on Wednesday. And on Monday, she said, on Monday night, she called me and said, yeah, it just came down with COVID. <laughs> so I was 0 for 4. And the control freak part of me would have started gripping on and gone white knuckle trying to strangle something to the ground. And instead, I opened up to new possibilities that I don't know how it's going to work. God knows how it's going to work, but let's see what happens. And when we got together, there were a bunch of people. And I said, hey, can I ask you to volunteer to help my point of the the Zoom camera where it belongs. He said, sure. Somebody else, I said, can you click the button for the lighting cues? And she said, sure. And everybody said, sure. And it worked. It just worked. It worked beautifully. That was my fifth plan. <laughs> if I was trying to be in control, I would have gone nuts after the second one fell through. Uh, you're talking about the journey ahead, you know, which requires faith and belief and trust, all of those very, very, very important things, as well as those who are looking at it from where I was looking at it, I had no idea any of that was happening. I just knew the colors appeared at the right time. It was a beautiful experience, but I could not help but think of what was involved in making that beautiful experience, which for me makes me so really grateful, grateful for everything that happened because this was really, really nice. And actually, it wasn't all that long, you know, so I'm making a big deal out of what was a very big deal to me. 
Yeah. But how long was it? It wasn't even 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably even a little less than that, including a silent meditation for a while. Yeah, and so, so much of grace and gracefulness and talent and energy went into that 15 amazing minutes. So I just, you know, thought about applying that to other things in our lives that we see now and to come. So when we get discouraged, it is so many moving parts that we had no control over that came from somewhere else. That is the way the creative process works. If we get ourselves bogged down in the details of how this is going to go together, that you got to tuck slot A into tab B, and you know this is the bolt that you're going to use, and trying to create life like a piece of IKEA furniture where you got to get all the pieces to fit together, we miss the point. What we want to do instead is understand the tone and flavor and texture and timbre of the experience that we want to have, and then allow grace and gracefulness to inspire us as to how this is going to come about and then what our steps are, and then to take them without complaining or grunting. It's like, okay, this is mine to do. Let me get busy. I'll do that. And then I'll see what shows up next. And, you know, if it's not one of the first four people I thought I was going to be, it'll be the fifth and the sixth. That takes a bit, though, you know, to trust the process, which is not the best way to say it, but it is a way that some people can understand it. There's a way that things happen, and we're not always aware of what's going on behind the scenes spiritually. (laughs) <laughs> Not just in a, in a physical, tangible way, but spiritually, just trust that it's going to happen the way it's supposed to, and it'll all be really better than you could have imagined. That's right. And along the way, we get to have our clinched controlling figures that are grabbing onto the rudder to just like be pulled off. <laughs> so in defense of the controlling thinkers... Here's one of the things that I had to really learn from that. It doesn't mean that what I might have planned wouldn't have worked. Like your number one choice, two, three, four, any one of them would have worked. Yeah. But if you let go and relax and enjoy the ride, so to speak, and even be fascinated by the process itself, it works. Did it work better than it would have if you had had it your way? Who really cares? It Who knows? Works. I don't have any idea. You know, and so I'm going to go back and so on YouTube and look at it again and marvel at what happened. I'm not going to think one time about what would have happened if you got the first, second, third, fourth person in line to get it done. I only know what happened, okay, which was marvelous. There you go. And yes, it is on the New Thought Philadelphia YouTube channel and we'll probably live there in perpetuity. Let us take a break. And when we continue, we will discuss the effort that would be required in getting a garden to blossom. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. 
Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol. You're with Reverend Dr. Bill Morshevely. And it is currently winter time. In fact, we just celebrated the winter solstice, so we've got a whole winter time ahead of us before we get to springtime. And the reason that I mentioned that is because when springtime comes along, we're going to be getting some flowers that are going to come up. There will be some snowdrops, and then there will be some crocuses, and then there will be some daffodils, and some tulips, and irises, and gladiolas, and all the rest of that. And if you were to try to orchestrate the flowers in your neighborhood coming up, to cue them and make them come up at the right time, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. It would be a daunting task if you knew how to make a flower come up in the first place. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the program. When whoever it was planted in the of the bulbs, those are the ones that are going to come up every year. The intention was, I want to have tulips here at tulip time. And you put the bulb in the ground and you forget about it and let the bulb do the job because the bulb knows and the law knows and the creative process knows and life knows. Mm. And the worst thing that we can do if we want the tulips to come up that second week in May or whenever it is that the tulips are going to show is to dig up the bulb and yell at it. <laughs> Dig it up and yell at it, right? <laughs> well, how else could we influence it after it's planted? Yeah. This has nothing to do with us anymore. This is the intention. We've done our part, and now we get to get out of the way. Do you have any idea how difficult that is? Oh, yeah. The, all this stuff that we're talking about, this whole new thought teaching is simple but not easy. Yeah. A five-year-old can explain it, but sometimes we get to be 80 years old and we haven't mastered it. I think the older you are the harder it is, especially if you have to undo a whole lot of other kinds of thinking. The undoing, that's absolutely true. Yeah, Kindergartners are actually really good at manifesting, of changing their ideas and opening to a new possibility and shazam, it shows up. But then we're trained to expect disappointment and that infinite creative power that creates everything that always answers yes. When we're expecting disappointment, the answer is yes. And we get some disappointment, just like we thought we didn't want. Getting that principle in our heads is really, really, really difficult because we have this notion of, you know, God is good and we define what good is. Therefore, the only the good can happen. Mm -hmm. And so then the idea that if we say or think or indulge negativity, and that is what we're calling to us, that doesn't mesh. You know, it just doesn't work. So trying to undo the thought process that people have that really blocks our good and our blessing is hard because people fight to hold on to the fact that it can't be that way. They fight against it. And after a point, you take your hands off and say, listen, is what it is. If you dig up that bulb, it ain't going to grow. It's not. But if you want to keep on going, you know what my line is. How's that working out for you year after year after year? Can you trust that that daffodil is coming up? Mm -hmm. And you know what you're talking about. The real challenge that we have is that four-letter word, good, because it's all a matter of opinion. And I was actually thinking about this earlier today. I was running around doing errands. 
So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to say two things and you can say good or bad. All right. Nuclear explosions, good or bad? Bad. Okay. Prison, good or bad? Bad. Okay. Or maybe good, but bad. There you go. Now, here we have a sociopath who has been convicted of crimes. And to keep them away from society, they go to prison. Mm -hmm. And that's how we keep them from doing that stuff again. Mm -hmm. So you said bad. Then you kind of equivocated a little bit. But in that scenario, for a sociopath who needs to be taken out of society, prison, good or bad? Good. Okay. So you've just changed your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Nuclear explosions, good or bad? You said bad. Mm -hmm. I ask you to turn your attention now to the sun, which is a nuclear explosion. Yes. Okay. Good or bad? Good. Yeah. Because you don't want to be the person who says the sun should go away because it's kind of important to us. So- the things that originally it's like, well, that's good, that's bad. It's not so clear. It's not so clear. Depending on how we look at it, depending on the context, it's possible that what we perceived of as being bad is actually good. And what we perceived of as being good is actually bad. Mm -hmm. Over the holidays, I got to eat lots of sweets. They were very good. Doesn't work for me on a long-term basis. Better stop because otherwise it's bad. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's not the sweets. It's the way that I'm engaging with them. It's the way that we're engaging with sunlight and nuclear reactions. Nuclear explosion in my neighborhood, bad. I'll agree with that. And bad for me. Mm -hmm. Unpleasant, unfavorable, not something that I'm inviting or asking for. Fortunately, the one that's in my neighborhood is way up in the sky and it's just the right distance away that it's providing warmth and heat and light and energy. And in fact, everything, all the energy on the planet came from the sun at one point or another. So good. And it's letting go of our judgment about whether something is good or bad, especially we have a group of people and we all agree that something's bad or good. You know, then we can rally and rail against it and say, oh, this horrible thing. Well, it's all God. It's all good. There's got to be something in there. But to do that means that we have to, you know, my thing is like slow down for a minute, just be still and think through the things or the options and the good and the bad, the different. It's just a lot of dynamics. And to stop and think through some of those and see which one applies to me right now is where the magic happens. But it's not easy to do that. It is work, but it's worth it. It's more, again, if you're older, okay, you got to undo all the old stuff. Mm -hmm. And it is what it is. It just is what it is. And to the desire to me, it's like, well, where do I want to come out on this? This is where I want to come out. Okay, so this is what I got to do to get there. It's real simple to me. This is what I got to do to get there. It might cause me a little bit more of a hustle on this side than it does on this side. But listen, I want to get to where I want to go. And that's like the starting place and the place to be willing to struggle with the dynamics. And I know I'm using those kind of work words, but it's what we want in the end. That's the pathway to good. Mm-hmm the way that we're able to see good. You talked about the nuclear explosion, to see both sides of that. Mm -hmm. What side am I experiencing? How do I get to the side that I want to experience it? To me, it's worth the effort. Absolutely. And sometimes when we are considering a topic and we need your label it good or bad, Mm -hmm. Let's label it preferential or not preferential, and then we can work the questions on it. So gang violence and drive-by shootings, I'm going to say bad. Yeah. So are you happy with the experience of life we're having now that includes gang violence and drive-by shootings? No, I'm not. 
Mm-hmm. And the second question is, what do you want to have instead? Oh, well, what I want to have instead is peaceful streets and harmonious interactions among the people who live in the neighborhoods that have previously been having violence. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. What needs to change in order for that to happen? Because thinking is just, oh, well, let's go in and lock them all up. First of all, it doesn't work. And second of all, it doesn't address the underlying problem. What is causing that gang violence? What is causing these drive-by shootings? What is causing this difficulty up until now? And then look at that with love and compassion. Because we're not going to fix something that's broken. We're going to create a situation and a circumstance under which we can all live harmoniously. Because the people who are involved in gang violence and drive-by shootings, they're at the end of a very long path that has led to the point where that seems like a good option. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then we ask, what can I do? What's mine to do? And there might be a heavy lift there. There might be some grace and some gracefulness. The grace of indicating what it is that is ours to do, and the other is just like to pick up the tools and do the work. Yeah. And to pick up the tools and do the work. Okay. So you have the work is clear. Let's just pretend in a, in a way that the, the work is clear. And I'll tell you, I've been around a little bit mm-hmm. and even lived in those neighborhoods where that was what happened. And the work is, let's just say this, let's consider collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. You know, so you are really asking for a change in the collective consciousness of a group, a neighborhood, a community. Try to explain that. You change one mind at a time. That's what they used to say, one mind at a time. Okay, I go with that. But listen, you want to change one mind at a time, you're not going to see a change for a billion years. So it's a real heavy lift, not so much in what meets the mindset, but it's convincing people that it is possible, Mm -hmm. that it's an alternative way to look at things, and it's a possibility of success. That's the heavy lifting. Absolutely. Absolutely, that is true. And there's the old saying that all boats rise with the same tide. Mm -hmm. So you can go and try and lift up each boat manually, which is a lot of work, or set about what can we do to bring in the tide so that the tide changes so that suddenly this becomes the sort of neighborhood where we just don't do that anymore because the way that we live is this way. In which case, the conversations that happen with the leaders, whether they're the elected leaders or the actual leaders in the community, are hugely meaningful. So there are ways to do it. Am I going to solve that problem now? No. I came here to do a podcast. (laughs) All I do is talk. (laughs) Oh, you know what? A little bit more than that. Okay, let's give the podcast a little bit more you know, hope than that. At least sometimes the best you can do is have the conversation, Mm -hmm. which plants the seed of thought. And perhaps then, you know, things will go in a different direction in time. But I think it's having the belief, faith, encouragement, and all that to at least have the podcast and say, this is what we're going to talk about. Although that's not what we said, But I trust that spirit directed in the direction it needed to go. Right. We never talk about what we said we're going to talk about. Wow. We try, don't we? No. No. 80-something episodes in. Why should we start now? Well- We do try. We try. I try. You definitely (laughs) try. I don't know what you're doing on your end. No. I'm probably just undermining you. Let's take another break and then do a prayer on grace and gracefulness and new possibilities. 
Here's Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand. That's right, you can take it at your own pace, anytime you want. All of the information is at BeTheLight.com. That's B-The-Light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons, broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice, there are experiential activities and exercises, and at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at BeTheLight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class. Another quick mention that the procrastination continues and the sale is still on, even if the holidays are largely in the rearview mirror. Okay, so am I supposed to welcome people back after that? Well, yeah, take a deep breath and say welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. There you go. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioli. And we're going to do a prayer. We're going to do a prayer because we've been talking about grace and gracefulness and new possibilities. And those are all different sides of the same coin. So grace is the infinite creative power that creates everything and the way that it is able to create something new and spectacular in ways that go completely beyond our understanding. And gracefulness is our ability to do that which is ours without making it look like it's a lot of work. To be graceful, to be smooth, to be participants in that creative process. And the new possibilities are what's unfolding. And it actually starts with the new possibility. So for each person who's listening now, whatever that new possibility is that you're yearning for in your life, go ahead and bring it to mind. Because the universe always says yes. That one infinite creative power that creates everything always says yes. So we get to start with an idea of that wonderful new experience, that new possibility that we'd like to bring into life. What is the tone and the flavor and the texture? Let go of the how. Let go of how these pieces are fitting together, how it all works. Just once it's here, once we have it, how does it feel? How does it look? How does it taste? How is it dressed? What are we doing as we're engaging with that new possibility? To allow ourselves to realize that whatever it is that we are seeking as a new possibility is in fact a possibility. And then we open ourselves to that infinite creative power. We invite in the grace. We recognize that that one creative power that has created everything continues to create. It continues to share itself, to reveal itself, to unfold itself, to express itself as every part of his creation. Everything. Everyone, everywhere is that divine presence unfolding and blossoming and revealing itself in the world in a unique and different way. The goodness that we are seeking is already underway. The goodness that we are seeking is already unfolding. And as that infinite creative power that has created everything channels forth this new goodness that we are opening to, because each of us is a participant in that creative power. Each of us is a divine consciousness, a divine expression of that one consciousness. We're able to set the conscious intention for this newness. 
let go of anything that up until now has not been serving us that has been getting in the way of that goodness. And as we open up to the newness, two things are happening. That infinite creative power is creating that newness with us and for us and through us. And it is also guiding us as to what is our next step to take. We get to take that step with grace and joy, owning our participation in the process, doing that which we are called to do, letting go of whatever it is that's no longer serving us, and moving towards that wonderful, joyous, happy, divine, uplifting goal that we started with. The new possibilities are at hand, and they're already unfolding, created not by our hands, but by that infinite creative power that creates everything, with whatever participation and support from our hands is indicated. The good is unfolding now, and I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful for the good. I'm grateful for these new possibilities blossoming. I'm grateful for the way that each one is owning their portion and letting go of that which is not theirs to allow this newness to come into being. And so with gratitude for all of this good, I speak this word and I release it into that creative law that creates everything. And I know without any question whatsoever, it is now creating this. And so I let it be. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.